everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live here at Love Walk and I'd like to welcome you to today's Bible study. Uh, I want to encourage you to grab your Bible so that we can go into the Word of God. As you know, we come together so that we can read the Word of God and study and learn so that we can get practical tips and understanding on how to live a more godly life and of course to accomplish our purpose in the earth. So let us go ahead and jump into today's uh, Bible study. I think this is going to be a Bible study that's really going to bless you um, and it really does bring us full circle when it comes to uh, the Lord and his purpose in the earth and it will help us learn some things about ourselves and certain areas in our life. So I want to encourage you to go with me to our anchored text. We are going to go to the very first miracle that God performed. And I think this is really powerful because this is where it all gets started. His whole ministry, his three-year ministry on earth begins. So I want you to go back in time with me for a moment and imagine a 30-year-old man. And I want you to imagine this um, setting. So we're going to read, uh, our anchor text is going to be John chapter 2 and we're going to read from verse 1 until verse 10 so i'm going to read that right now and the third day there was a marriage in cana of galilee and the mother of jesus was there and both jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage and when they wanted wine the mother of jesus said to him they have no wine jesus said to her woman What have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he said to you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw out now, and bear to the governor of the feast, and they bore it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not from where it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and said to him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, then that which is worse, but you have kept the good wine until now. So this scripture is the very first miracle that God performed. And it says so uh, in chapter, I'm sorry, in verse 11, I'm going to read that right quick. It says this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. So we can see right now that this miracle was actually the first miracle that Jesus did. So it's pretty important. And I think, I happen to believe that Christ, who is the Son of God, is very careful about what it is that he does. What is the first miracle and thereafter. We have to remember, um, and we did a Bible study on this, 
um, Jesus actually stopped. He said, wait a moment. He says, I have to manifest the works of my father. And if you can remember when he was teaching in the temples, he said, I have to be about my father's business. So Jesus knew there were specific things in his life that he needed to do, that he needed to accomplish. He knew that he needed to stop and he needed to do this particular miracle, perform that miracle, speak to this individual. And so it was almost as though he was itinerant. He knew exactly what it was that he needed to do. Now, maybe his disciples didn't know, but Jesus did. So I think it's very important that his first miracle was this at this wedding. So I want you to keep that in mind. The first miracle performed by Christ was at a wedding. And there is significance here. I want you to understand something about God. God often starts with the end in mind. Remember that as we go along in this Bible study, God often starts with the end in mind, just like any good author. When you sit down to write a book, you know what it's about and you probably know how it's going to end. So it's important to understand that. And even sometimes when people are making movies, they often shoot the ending first and then they kind of go back in time. So most authors and people understand that you start with the end in mind. And he has done that for us in the ministry of Christ right now. He has done that by starting with a wedding. So I want us to pull out some significance from this because there's something very powerful that we all need to learn. Let's look at John chapter two, verse three, and it says, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. We go to verse four. It says, Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. Now this verse used to always confuse me and I must admit it's probably confused me up until this point. I really just didn't understand the meaning. What is he talking about? His time has not yet come when his mother is asking about wine. Obviously he's speaking in a parable, but what does that parable mean? Now I'm going to be honest with you. While I didn't always understand what was going on, I did understand the significance. I understand, uh, I understood that Christ was saying something very specific when he answered her in a way that didn't make sense. <laughs> I have found sometimes, and I want you as a believer to sometimes think about that when you pray for a particular thing and you seem to get a different answer. God may be getting at something larger than what you're asking for or something like the crux or the foundation of why you're even asking for it. So I want you to think about that. I want you to really consider that even though she asked him about wine, he answered her about something that would seem totally different. So keep that in mind as we go along with this Bible study. What in the world is he talking about? But I think there's something important for us to understand let us think about wine. Wine. She asked him about wine. We have no wine. It's late. We learned that in the context of this story, when the governor says, well, most people bring the wine out, the good wine out early and they save the bad or the worst for later in the day. But you brought out the good, uh, the good wine at the very last. So it's important to understand that the wedding has been going on for a while and they run out of wine. So this is at the end. So some time has gone by and I want you to understand that like wine, wine has a specific time to mature. 
so if you think about juice if you think about grape juice what wine really is it has a specific time it does not become wine until after a certain period of time it has to ferment and things take time there is a process and remember she said the guests at the feast needed wine but he wasn't referring to the wine that she was asking for so when she said the guests need wine he says i'm not ready yet but i didn't ask you about you i asked you about wine but maybe you did ask him about him because maybe he is wine maybe you are waiting for him to get to a particular point or go through a process so that he is able to be poured out to the guests stick with me now let's keep going now so she's asking him for wine and now he's talking about himself he says my time isn't ready so i want you to remember that you know she is not really understanding what he's saying that's why in the next verse she says well just do whatever he says because she does not understand she realizes he's saying something else just like we all do sometimes god is telling us something else we all understand something but we're not sure what that is so we just say well just do what he says or just let's just go with it because we don't really get it so that's what jesus mother is doing so you know as i was reading this i started thinking about another passage of scripture that talked about wine because as we talk about wine and we're talking about christ and he's now talking about himself there's this verse that talks about new wine in old skins and that is when i began to understand what christ was talking about you see that parable is also about a bridegroom as well and he is at a wedding so as christ is now in this particular story at the wedding at galilee of cana of galilee we see another situation where there's a bridegroom there's a wedding going on and while the bridegroom is with them it says they have no need to fast or mourn I want us to read that that you know and I let me just go back and grab that verse so we can read that together. So it says in Matthew chapter 9 and we're going to start at verse 14. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, "Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast?" And Jesus said to them, "Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them?" but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse nor do they put new wine into old skins or else the wine skins break the wine is spilled and the wine skins are ruined but they put new wine into new wine skins and both are preserved Now in that verse it was very powerful because Jesus once again is talking about wine and he's using that as a parable as he answers the disciples of John the Baptist when they ask why you know his disciples are not fasting what he's saying is that while I am with you you do not need to fast because I am here so once again how does him being with his disciples sort of coincide with new wine in old skins 
what it means is that new wine has not yet matured to the old skin so it needs to be put in a new skin and when Jesus mother came to him during the wedding and she said the guests need wine he said my time is not yet come because he is now likening himself to wine so we're beginning to get somewhere we're beginning to see what Jesus is saying right now I want you to remember that in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and it's also uh, spoken of again in Acts chapter 2 verse 17 it says I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and he talks about maids prophesying and the young men as well he's talking about a pouring out of his spirit and it had fell during Pentecost I want to remind you in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 13 many supposed that those disciples were drunk and you can read that specifically in Acts chapter 2 verse 13 let's go ahead and read Acts chapter 2 And so I'm going to start at uh, verse four and it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was, this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? And now I'm going to jump down to uh, verse 12, or Acts 12, and it says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What means this? Others, mocking, said, these men are full of new wine there we go again I don't think it was a mistake that it was put in the Bible and it was mentioned that others mocked and said these men are full of new wine I think it's very powerful and the Lord is trying to tell us something very powerful about what is happening we're looking at wine being poured in you know, Christ was not ready. We were not ready for the spirit until Christ go away, went away. Remember, he said the spirit would not come until I have gone away. He says, my time is not yet. And remember, it says many supposed that they were drunk. That's in Acts chapter 2, verse 13, because of their joy and their speech. The wine was poured out. Remember when they cut his side? I want to show you one more thing. When they cut his side, when he was being crucified, remember that blood and water poured out. And you can find this in John chapter 19, verse 33 to 36. Well, the Bible teaches that there are three things that testify in the earth, blood, water, and the spirit. And we read that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 to 8. We read that and we studied on that um, in another Bible study that um, is entitled uh, the word of life so let's go on with uh, the Bible study so we are understanding that we have these three that testify on the earth the blood the water and the spirit 
and the spirit was the last poured out on earth, the final piece of the puzzle. And just as the water became wine in the wedding, the water has uh, now, the spirit has become wine in the men as it is poured out. Think about that. The spirit is wine in the men as it is poured out. And remember, he shed his blood for our sins. And we can find that in Matthew 26 and 28. And remember, both water and blood ran out of his side. Water ran out of his side. And finally, when his hour had come, the spirit was poured out on all flesh and they prophesied. Remember, prophecy is to testify of the Lord. It says also that there are three things in heaven that testify, and that is the Word, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. When the Spirit had come, it completed the trifecta and testified of men on earth and also in heaven as the Word. The Word was sent to testify. These three that testify in heaven now had to testify in earth but it testified as the spirit being poured out. Now, remember uh, the prophecy uh, is testifying. And remember when the Holy Spirit fell on these men, it says they ran out. They were speaking in their own language. They were testifying of the Lord. So we're seeing something very powerful God is talking about in that one wedding feast when his mother asked him to make some wine or bring some wine or somehow bring wine to the wedding. Remember, Jesus said he would not drink of the vine until he had come again. When he does this, all things will be complete, but he is waiting for his time then. And only God knows that time, as it says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 26. Now remember, we recently talked about translate, being translated into the kingdom of God through believing in Christ. Well, let's look at John chapter 2, verse 9, because there's some connections here when we talk about that wine and we talk about Christ and we talk about him becoming, his time coming, uh, coming for him to be a uh, wine. So let's go ahead and look at John chapter 2, verse 9. It says, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not from where it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Now, I want to point something out in this very specific verse. It says in this verse that they, uh, that, uh, they called it water. And they said he was water was made wine. The water was made wine. So what does that mean by made wine? Well, that word made actually in Greek means genomai in the Greek. And that's where we get the word genome or gene from. It means to come into being, to be born, to emerge, and more accurately, transitioning from one point or one realm into another. It signifies a change of condition, state, or place. And so herein is the mystery of Nicodemus. If you can remember in John chapter 3, verse 1 to 21, this is the mystery that Nicodemus could not grasp in being born again. It is to be translated into the kingdom of his son. Even in childbirth, we see blood and water, and we find evidence of the spirit of life to testify on earth when the child cries out. It's his first word, the word 
then testifying in heaven and the spirit testifying in earth. So when Jesus was at the feast, he wasn't talking about wine. He was talking about himself. When his mother asked him a question, she didn't know she asked him an eternal life question. She said, we've run out of wine. What will we do? And God said, my time, and Jesus Christ said, my time has not come. The time to be wine has not yet come. And when that time has come, that is when we will receive the wine. The wine at the very end. And I want to bring this full circle, everyone. As I told you, I said, remember that his first miracle was a wedding. And that is where we're going today. Now, the first miracle was done at a wedding. But do you know where the last miracle will be? It will be at a wedding. The wedding between the bride and the lamb. So he's talking to us in various dimensions and various levels. And Jesus Christ did this many times and it confused many people. And this is what I want you to understand, to stop and to meditate on the word so that you can understand the deep things of Christ as it pertains to your life and what it means in the scriptures and how you're going to live and how prophecy will be fulfilled. Sometimes it's just spelled right out in scripture if we will study and meditate on the word of God. So I want you to know his first his first miracle was turning water into wine at a wedding and his last miracle will be the bride and the groom at his own wedding. He will be joining with us. Think about that. The two become one flesh. We see another becoming, another happening, a coming together. So I hope that this message has blessed you and you learn from this and you understand the power of what God is saying to you in this moment. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Take a moment to read some of the scriptures that I've mentioned here in this Bible study and listen to this Bible study again. I know this is a very complex idea and it's a complex topic, but I am more than assured that the Holy Spirit will give it life to you and you will be able to use it in your life to grow and go on to do great things for the Lord and the Lord will be able to do great things in you. God bless you. Bye.